0: Hello everyone. Welcome to CARE's Failing Forward podcast. My name is Beja Turner and I serve as a technical advisor for knowledge management and learning at CARE USA. And today I'm very excited for our guest that we have on board, uh, Natasha Bryce. Can I pass it over to you and you just give me a little bit of information about who you are and what you work on.
1: Hi, Beja. It is a pleasure to be here. Um, My name is Natasha Bryce. I am the Senior Technical Advisor for VSLA in Emergencies. I'm based in Atlanta and I work with the global VSLA team.
0: We are super excited to have Natasha here today. She's going to tell us a little bit more about CARE's very new and innovative approach to VSLA and emergencies and the model that she has built. Let's just go ahead and hop into it, Natasha. Can you tell us a little bit on what exactly is the context of the the VSLA and emergencies approach and model and what led you to the creation of it?
1: As we all know, Care has been doing VSLA in for for many 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 years, and it's been a very successful model in development contexts. But when we looked at Care um, portfolio, when it comes to emergency, we have we are very low in trying to implement VSLAs. So we wanted to understand this wonder, wonderful methodology that have changed the life the lives of so many um, people. How can we bring that into emergency settings? So we started with very complex emergencies because we figured if this can work, if we can manage to make it work in conflict-affected emergency, very complex um, emergency, we can manage to make it work in any type of emergencies. In 2020, we started a research. And the first phase of the research is really to understand you know, have we done the SLA? Have we even tried the SLA in such context? And if we did, you know, what are the knowledge? What are the, the challenges? So we really wanted to hear from the experts and especially in the Middle East, you know, Sub-Saharan Africa, and really to understand what, what has been their experience if or um, they try to implement the SLA. And once we collected those information, we wanted to understand what is the difference between um, implementing VSLA or if anybody has even tried to link VSLA with their humanitarian portfolio, specifically cash transfer programming. Um, And not only we listen to care, the experts within care, but we also talk to experts outside of care, especially peer organizations such as, you know, Mercy Corps, CRS, IRC, and we wanted to also to understand if any of them uh, you know, have even tried to do VSLA in emergency context. And based on this data that we collected, uh, we designed a VSLA in emergency approach. So what we find out um, first is that the methodology in itself works. We really do not need to mess with it that much. But what we really need to work on is how we implement that methodology in complex emergency. And this is the approach that we design addressed.
0: What exactly was the failure and how VSLAs in emergencies were being
1: implemented? I don't want to say it was really a failure because in when trying new things in different in new contexts, it's it's a learning experience. But I think the what did not work with implementing VSLA in emergency contexts is. Taking a development programming and trying to fit it into humanitarian programming, which is very short term. So, because we are expert at implementing VSLA in development context, we really thought we could just take it and implement it in such difficult situations. So, this is what we learned. We learned that, you know, VSLA, that that we needed to understand more uh the, the context that we are in in terms of if it's active conflict, if it's you know um natural man-made disaster, the type of disasters that we are dealing with and the type of if impact that disaster has on the people that we are targeting. Also find out that you know the requiring so much time for it to work, um, that we needed to look into the timing as well because in an emergency context, people really wanted to have access to their money fast. So they, it was hard for them to wait for 12, 12, 12 months to be able to have access to that money. Um, and also we, we noticed that the, that the needs were very different. People didn't have enough money, but don't have enough money. Some of them come to, to the camp or to area that they are um, fleeing from with a lot of debt. And when the cash transfer that we are providing these people are originally the first, it's for them to be able to meet their immediate needs. So there were a lot for us to learn in order for us to do VSLA the right way. And this is what the approach that um, we design is addressing. First, it requires major preparedness. We really have to sit down as a team If we want to do VSLA right in emergency context, to really look at what is it that the capacity in country, do we have expert in VSLA, do our people know the VSLA methodology well enough to be able to support the adaptations in the field, and then also partnerships? Do we know any local organizations that we can partner with to be able to support our implementation in the field? Do we have tools, resources to do that? So it required for us to really sit down and and go through that preparedness phase. And the second phase in the vsla approach is, okay, now that we know people need access to cash and we are giving cash some some country offices are doing three to six months unconditional cash transfer. How do we link this to programming? So the approach highlights, you know, how we technically can do that. Because if we don't do it right, one can impede in the success, you know, sustainability of each other. For example, if cash is being perceived as a way for people to create the SLA groups, you will end up with a bunch of groups. But yet, once you don't, no longer have the cash, those groups will no longer exist. So the way you target cash beneficiary is by collaborating between us, staff members, you know, knowing where cash is being is gonna be given, when, how long. And for us, the VSLA team to be able to come in and, and directly target those communities to be able to, um, you know, target the cash beneficiaries. So both operations have to be kept separately, but and on the back end, we have to really collaborate with each other to be able to target um, cash beneficiaries. So the the final um, phase we designed also was how do we now when we target brand new um, population and to create new groups. How do we do that? Do we do still keep the twelve months, um, you know, cycle saving cycle that we usually do? In some contexts, we find out that it is possible to still do twelve months. Some contexts, you know, they do ten months, and then some even don't go as low as nine. But in the research when we're collecting data there were a couple country offices that did try six months and we find that six months was way too low way too fast there wasn't a, enough time for people to really understand the methodology and really be successful at it so we figured um let's do a nine month, ma- nine to 12 months depending on your context so remember preparedness know your context um that will dictate how long you think you can do um the saving cycle and then Within that saving cycle, we embedded so many different um, trainings such as how do people save from external resources that they are receiving, whether it's you know, remittance or cash transfer pro- program from other organizations or form care. You know, We um, purposefully train them to understand how they can save from those unconditional cash that they are receiving on top of everything else that we do as VSLs.
0: Natasha, thanks so much for walking us through what the failure was and what your team did to move past it. So now can you detail to us, um, since you have rolled out this new methodology across three pilot countries, what have you learned from it so far?
1: When we designed this approach, you know, let me just pick up quickly so people can uh, remember. The approach has three phases. The first one is Preparedness detail on how to we get ready to be able to um rapidly implement VSLA um in emergency context. The second phase is how do we use um cash transfer programming specifically unconditional cash? How do we link that to VSLA in emergencies? Um, and then the, the, the third phase was how do we create um many, uh, you know um reduce the saving cycle, which is usually 12 months. To nine months. Um, So we we also saw that a couple of uh, country offices did try to do it in six months and based on lesson learned, we saw that six months was too short. It wasn't enough time for the social cohesion, for people to understand the methodology. So we are recommended, I recommend in nine to 12 months, but know your, know your context, know your ability and what you what you are dealing with to be able to do that, because you can do it in nine months, you can do it in ten months. Some we've seen some country offices that we um pilot the the approach with do it in twelve months. It didn't. so it depends on their context. So we tested this methodology in Yemen. Yemen was the very first country that we did it. and this we were shocked to see how successful the approach was. It is also worth noting that we embedded a strong research component to the pilots that we did, because not only we are testing this approach, but we also wanted to know, as we are implementing in the field, what are some of the things that we needed to quickly adapt, we need to change, so that we can refine the approach at the end of the pilot's. So we set out to create 12 groups. We ended up creating 16. And then the community replication was very successful because the community themselves, they created 22 groups. Although we didn't have the resources to to fully support the replications, but we partly provided as much support as we could to those groups but the 16 groups that we directly created we saw so many different things in terms of you know what these women are dealing with and how can we support them better the first thing we noticed is um they were not taking loans right away like after when it was when it came time for them to take loans the money was sitting in the box and they were not taking loans so we wanted to understand what's the reason behind that it's because They didn't feel confident enough to take those loans. And they were afraid if they're not able to pay, it would be really bad uh, on their reputation and family. So they were not touching those money. They were not taking loans. So when we asked them if you wanted to do, if you had money to do your own business, what would it be? So they started telling us what they would want to do. And we decided to provide special training, the trade training, for those women to be able to do what they wanted to do. And after we provided this training, we saw that you know the the loan the loan uptake they came from twenty three percent to forty eight percent, and most of the loans were for business creation. They started creating business, so they were doing big, big they were baking goods. They learned how to sew. So they were sewing sewing clothes and selling them in the market. You know, they did livestock. They did yogurt production. So it was a diversity of things. And we, we are so grateful for the flexibility in that budget for us to be able to do that. And also, it's also worth noting that strong staff in the field with this VSLA that's how we were able to know what's not working and how to change. Um, so in, in Syria, we started maybe about six or seven months after we started Yemen. We also saw that within the first five months of the project, we had already created 44 groups. And then keep in mind that the objective was 20 groups. So it's, it's just that there's a huge demand. And Jordan is the same. But what we learn is in order to do that, in order to be successful at creating fully functionable groups, we really need strong staff to be to know the methodology to be able to support those groups in 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 the field. We also need dedicated staff. You know how we do it in development maybe so in development settings. Sometimes we use volunteer, but we are realizing in emergency context having dedicated staff is extremely important. Of course, flexible budget.
0: <laughs> yes, of course. Can't forget the money. So thank you for those. That's really amazing to hear some of the learnings that have come out of this first round of pilots. Now that you have you know, gone through this for a couple of
1: years and in a couple of different countries,
0: are there any challenges that you're still facing?
1: Yes. <laughs> Plenty of challenges because remember, this is a research project. We were learning. We started very small. I also want to take the opportunity to thank the country offices that really decided to, to go on this journey with us. It wasn't easy, but Yemen was the first one that really volunteered and, um, Syria came, Northwest Syria came on board and we had Jordan. So without this, he was, <laughs> We probably would not be here talking about VSLA in emergency. Designing a project, designing an approach or model is one thing, but having country offices that wants to go on that journey with you and testing it and collecting the data, the learning, going through so much learning together, without them, we would not be here. So thank you guys for the support. So hopefully in our next um podcast we can listen to those country offices as yeah. well um so th- what the challenge is, is really now that we know this is possible we can actually do it is really coming up with a structure and a toolkit guidelines on how to do that to do to do VSLA in emergency now that we have people attention people are now coming up to us and asking for more with northwest syria BHA now is extremely invested. They are asking for, you know, how do you do this? Should we have a toolkit? Now, the challenge is to really come up with a toolkit that highlights all the different aspects of how can we implement successful VSLA in emergency context. And the second one is really, how do we do more of this? You know, how do we convince other country offices that this is possible? Um, let's go on that journey with us because we realize that um helping maximize the impact of your humanitarian dollar is extremely important. That's extremely attractive also to the people that are giving those humanitarian dollars. They want to see that we are we have a path of transitioning these people from, you know uh the 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 aid that we provide but into more sustainable um recovery pathway. So we believe this is possible and we want to be able to work with more humanitarian programming, more countries, um, not only within care, but outside of care. So the challenge is really how do we do that? How do we come up with those um, guides, which we are working on actually? I we have a um working on a toolkit that we are hoping but, um the first next year, first month, maybe January or February to be able to publish and ready for everybody to use. But we we do still need to work on getting more and more people internally to be able to adapt and use this methodology that we believe can be life-changing.
0: All right. I know people are really going to be looking forward to seeing that toolkit when it comes out. So now that we've gone through what the failure was, what the learnings were, um, and any challenges that you and your team have faced. What's one action or recommendation that you would like to give to other care staff or other folks in the industry that are interested in working with VSLAs in emergencies?
1: Thank you, Beja, that's a wonderful question. Actually, (laughs) if people don't remember anything I said before that, but I want them to remember these things. Doing VSL in emergencies, whatever type of emergency, is possible, we've seen it, we've done it, but it's not easy. It is not, I don't want people to look at it as the same way they do VSLA in development context, no. Doing VSLA in emergency context requires time, energy and resources. First, you have to have dedicated staff, staff that are there to support and train and nurture those groups. Second, I know it's hard to get flexible money, but where wherever you can, whenever you can, make sure you have some flexible monies. That way you can address the issues and the things that are happening in the field, things that are beyond our control. Like for Yemen, we didn't know we, we were going to provide training for these women to be able to take loans and start businesses. But because we saw that, because we had staff that were with them all the time and monitoring, nurturing them and supporting them, we figured out how to help them with the help of flexible funding, of course. Um, So it's good to have that. And remembered, sometimes it's some of those challenges, you're not gonna know them until you are really in the field with them. And then the last thing I want people to remember is, VSLA, we know works. VSLA we know can increase the impact of the work that we do, so it is worth it to put in the work. It's worth it to put in the the extra efforts because once you know how to do it, once you learn how to do it for that first very first cycle, I guarantee you everything will be just easy after that. (laughs) It will be worth it, but remember, it's you have to be committed to be able to go on that journey and do it well. So before we close out today, is there
0: anything else that you'd like to share with our audience or any shout outs that you'd like to give?
1: (laughs) Thank you, Beja. I guess um, before I do any shout out, there's one thing though I should have mentioned and I forgot too. Strong coordination among team members is also key in doing VSLA in emergency. We have to talk to each other. You know, when I say mean strong coordination, I mean, you know, Humanitarian team really coordinated, coordinating with um VSLA team or development team to be able to um strongly embed VSLA into humanitarian portfolio. Um, so I really don't want you guys to forget that, and I wanted to highlight that. So shout out to everybody that has supported us through this journey. Um, our country offices that are currently getting ready to do new pilots on VSLA IE. We, we, we see you. We are here with you. We will provide the support and we are open to provide support to anybody else who wants to to do um to test or try VSLA in emergency context. So shout out to this country offices. We love you. We appreciate your efforts. And um we also want to thank Charlotte um, she's the lead research on VSLA. Ie she has been with us from the beginning, documenting those wonderful learnings. Um, because of that, we were able to publish two reports, not just one. Two, the first one last year, and then recently we just published the second report, highlighting the impact of VSLA in in emergency context. So, I encourage everybody to everybody to check those reports out. There's a lot to learn within those reports and any questions reach out to us. So thank you, Beja, for always making our documents, presentation, everything looks so wonderful. So everybody, the support also that we get from different people, you may, they may not be from the global VSLA team, from different um, team within the headquarter, from the country office, people reaching out and really saying, this is really s- such a strong Program And this has so much potentials. So thank you. Thank you for all the support. We would not be here without everybody. So if I forget anybody, <laughs> forgive me. <laughs> Just thank you. We, we really appreciate everything. Thank you, Natasha, for
0: taking some time out of what I know is your busy schedule to talk to us today about failure and what has worked with VSLAs and emergencies. Another thank you to our listeners for tuning in for this episode of Failing Forward. And we hope we see you again.